This is Marriage to the Max, episode number 113. Welcome to another episode of Marriage to the Max. I'm your host, Kelly Hurst. And this is Brett Hurst. And we're marriage educators and co-founders of Home Encouragement. And this podcast is designed to help you take your marriage to the next level. All right. Well, we're going to jump right in. Today's episode is called, We Fight About the Way We Fight. Is there something I don't know? (laughs) Not necessarily we, as in you and me, but this is a common thing that we've been hearing a lot from couples. You know, as our listeners know, we sit with a lot of couples all the time, especially in 2020. Our our tune-up schedule has ramped up quite a bit. Dance card has been full. Yes. Most couples do not like the way they fight. And... (laughs) When they talk about their fights, they even disagree about what transpired, you know, what they said. I didn't say that. Yes, you did, you know, or you had this tone. I didn't have that tone. Yeah, you did, you know, but. So they're fighting, they're fighting about the style of how they fight. Yeah. and And they disagree about their disagreements. And so when it comes to conflict, I think the two things, Brett, that you and I hear more than anything else, the two biggest complaints are, we seem to have the same fight over and over. Mm-hmm. You know, we, we just can't seem to resolve <laughs> this issue. We just keep coming back to it. Yes. But there's one therapist that calls this the 530 weekday fight, like, you know, like set, set your watch by it. <laughs> it's just a regular thing. And then the second thing is we don't know how to change our conflict pattern. We're stuck. Yeah. We just, we do the same thing over and over. We have the script that we seem to stay on and we we just we don't know how to do anything different. So do you like the way we fight? I would say in our early days I, I was not a fan. No, you weren't. No. Now I would say we don't fight that often. Mm-hmm. We're much more economical. Yes. <laughs> fighting. Because we're old. Because we're old and tired. But also, I think you just reach an age where you're like, not everything is a hill worth dying on. But you didn't answer my question. Oh, well, I would say for the most part, I am total. I am good with how we fight. Really? Yeah. You want to fight right now? No. <laughs> Do, are you good with how we fight? Sure. Well... That didn't sound terribly convincing. (laughs) Researchers have found that one of the best predictors of divorce is not whether a couple fights, but how they fight. That is true. That is so true. So we're going to kind of lay out a few things. This won't take a long time, but I think these are some things worth. These are some things when we're talking to couples who want to get out of their pattern. These are the things we address. So the first thing I think this is the biggest step is to get curious about so many things about your conflict. Mm -hmm. But, you know, to ask yourself this, if you were a third party observer of the fights that you have with your spouse, Mm -hmm. what would you glean from them? You know, sometimes it's helpful to think if I were watching this fight on TV Mm -hmm. and I weren't emotionally involved, Mm -hmm. would I be able to more objectively see the pattern and what 
typically happens. And, oh, now we're off to the races because someone made a funny or, you know, a mean face or whatever. So couples should videotape their fights. Well, if videotape is such an archaic word, by the way. <laughs> well, if you live in John Gottman's love lab, then you do get videoed. Yep. Your fights do get videoed for research. But mm-hmm. now I don't know if that would necessarily be a, a good move. But so to get curious. And so here's here's kind of some things I laid out. This is something we teach in conflict all the time. There are two parts to every conflict and they happen simultaneously. So part one is the thing that's being disagreed about. So that's the core of the that's the hub of the argument. Yeah, that's the hub. Part two is the behavior around the conflict, mm-hmm. and this is the part that most couples don't like with how they do it. Mm-hmm. That's what they mean when they say they don't like the way they fight. Yeah, this is the part. The behavior around the conflict is what most couples mean when they say they don't like the way they fight. It's also the part that we usually have to come back and apologize for later. So when we sit with couples, the vast majority of the time, this is this is what gets them down, is how they fight. They can't even remember the details a lot of times. So often that's true. Right. Yeah, and... And if you think about it, like anytime you've had to come back and apologize to your spouse, most people aren't coming back and saying, you know what, honey, I'm sorry we disagreed about the who would take out the trash, whatever the hub is, whatever the conflict is. Most of the time, 99% of the time we're coming back and and apologizing about our behavior. Mm -hmm. And that's the part that I wish we could sort of get couples to really get curious about is the behavior. So the second thing to get curious about is what to ask ourselves, what is our conflict pattern? What's the script? Mm -hmm. All couples have a pattern that emerges when they argue. And it really doesn't even typically matter what the actual content or the hub of the conflict is. But if you can get familiar with their pattern, then you, you're way ahead of the game. Yeah. If you can recognize what the pattern is, that's the only way to know how to get out of it mm-hmm. is to know what it is. Mm-hmm. So, you know, you're, if your conflict is partner A starts yelling and partner B withdraws, okay, that's a pattern to right. recognize. Right. How do we learn a different script? Right. Because you've probably done that pattern before. Probably. Many, many times. Yeah, it probably didn't start in the marriage. Right. You probably learned this earlier. Something else to get curious about is to ask myself, what is my default response to feeling a threat? And when we say threat, we don't mean that someone's going to throw a punch or something like that. We just mean when our anxiety gets stirred up. When we get triggered. or Yeah, when we get triggered. Yeah. Do we fight? Do we flight or do we freeze? Mm -hmm. There used to be, back in the day, people would say fight or flight, fight or flight, because those were the only two Mm -hmm. things that, but now brain scans have kind of said, no, freeze is one also. Mm -hmm. So are you a fighter? Do you move against your partner when Mm -hmm. things get, are you a flight? You're like, I got to get out of here. I can't handle this conflict. Mm -hmm. Or do you do what my, what my typical one sometimes is, is just to kind of freeze. Like I can't, you're, you're overloaded. Yeah. I can't think of what to say. I don't, I'm not even moving. I'm just Mm kind of like, uh, right. You know? Yeah. And in the animal kingdom, predators and prey, all three of those are possible. Mm -hmm. Some, some animals bow up and fight Mm -hmm. some take off and they have great speed or whatever. And then some just freeze. Yeah. Yeah. 
So I think the default response uh, and getting curious about that is really helpful. And then also to learn and identify what your emotional triggers are. And here's the biggest key talk about them to each other. Mm-hmm. It's not enough to know what your own trigger is. Your partner needs to know what that is too. Right. Because when we understand each other's triggers and we know the stories behind them, mm-hmm. then we most couples will learn to be more careful mm-hmm. around those things, have more compassion. Yeah. Or even if they mess up and aren't careful mm-hmm. when it gets triggered, they can go, oh, it's just that thing. And we've talked about that, honey, and mm-hmm. I'm sorry. Yeah. Right. Yeah, exactly. And then the other thing to get curious about is to just what, you know, have this have this posture. What could I say or do differently in the middle of our pattern that would change the script? You know, what we we do this dance every time. Mm-hmm. We're so, both so sick of it. Here's our right? routine. What can I do in this moment? That's something different. Mm-hmm. You know, I remember this one couple we were talking to about this and he said, because his, his response or reaction was often to get loud and to yell. Mm-hmm. And he decided he was going to just resist that temptation. So what he started doing was he started just talking really soft, <laughs> even when he was upset. Mm-hmm. And it just brought everything down. And it was just a different dance step. <laughs> now, I'm, the reason I'm laughing is if, he, if either of us started talking softly in the middle of, of a fight, I know we would both start laughing because we that probably is... probably would. Yeah. But, but for them, it worked wonders. Right. Because what would typically happen is he would yell and she would go into... We've learned this new term, turtle syndrome. Right. She'd go into her shell. But when he wouldn't yell, she didn't feel threatened. Mm-hmm. And so she would stay in the game. Right. Stay engaged. And, and so it really did help them. So it's just, you know, choosing to respond rather than reacting. Mm-hmm. We got to remember we're not animals, we're humans. Mm-hmm. And we have a choice. That's right. We have self-control. Mm-hmm. And particularly if we're believers, that's uh-huh. a fruit of the Spirit. Yeah, and just because we've always reacted one way doesn't mean we have to keep doing it, especially if we know that it's not working. Mm-hmm. You know. Yeah, that's good. We what use, else? Well, we use a lot of code language mm-hmm. when we're helping couples with this uh, kind of thing that kind of helps dial down the temperature when the heat of the moment gets uh, really fiery. You um, could call them safe words. Safe words, yeah. You know? So Gottman's whole concept of flooding, I think that has probably helped more of the premarital couples we've trained over all these years. That's helped us personally, probably more than anything. Right. So if there's just too much anxiety, too much information, too much emotion, emotion, too much to process, just saying, I'm feeling flooded right Uh now. And you and I, and we've said this on the podcast many times, when either of us are feeling flooded, you and I both know, okay, well, then we're not going to do anything productive here. We need to just take five Mm -hmm. and back off from this because being flooded is counterproductive. And we know it's not going to go anywhere good. Exactly. Yeah. I think that's like code blue language in a hospital. Like no one, when there's a code blue in a hospital, no one stops and goes, well, wait a minute. Is it really a code blue? Like (laughs) (laughs) you don't analyze or challenge or whatever. You just, there's a protocol and you do it. You go into code blue protocol. And that's how you and I, I think it's really important to make sure that you come up with your safe codes or your your safe language 
when you're not in the heat of the moment, mm-hmm. when both of you can really agree yeah. calmly that, okay, this is what we'll try to say. Right. And this is how we'll respond when this person says this, you know, yeah. what, uh, what else are some examples? Well, I think another thing is once people have identified what their triggers are, what their crazy cycles are, that type of thing is, so they've got that information, they're kind of armed and prepared with that information, then uh-huh. when they fall into it, for them, one or both of them just say, hey, we're doing that thing. Yeah. We're in that cycle. We're in our cycle. Mm-hmm. We're in a loop right now. And let's get out of it. Or let. Yeah. I think, I think what would not be helpful would be to say, you're doing that thing. <laughs> yeah. You're doing it. <laughs> but to say we're in our pattern, right. then we're both taking responsibility for this dance move that we're doing. Yeah. Yeah. I think that's when pronouns matter. For sure. Yeah. <laughs> I think it might also be helpful to just take a stop and breathe for a second. You know, we've said, I think we've said on the podcast, but we've certainly told a lot of couples that it. they say it takes the brain 90 seconds when your anxiety has been stirred up. It takes 90 seconds for, of doing nothing and breathing deeply for the brain to sort of get back online that is a long time. Yeah, I mean, in a ninety fight. seconds isn't that long in life, but right. when you're mad at someone, right, to just stop and be like, "Hold on," <sighs> you yeah. know, deep breathe for ninety seconds. I don't know anyone that really. Maybe some people do that. Yeah. But the point here is, even if you just stop for a few seconds and just give yourself a little bit of space to think about what you're saying, mm-hmm. yeah, it we don't, might change the direction. We don't see a lot of that in our culture. No. Oh, gosh, no. Yeah. All we see in our culture is interrupting, talking over people. The loudest person wins. Right, right. <laughs> uh, we also talk about, you know, learning a new conflict language, learning new conflict vocabulary. So just, you know, these are just things we've talked about a million times, but avoiding unhelpful phrases like you never and you always. Those are just, they're, they're unfair. And all it's going to do is make your partner Defensive. explain the exception. Uh-huh. Well, that's not true. I don't always do that. Remember the da-da-da-da-da? And right. you're, now you're not even talking about what you were talking about before. That's right. You're getting off track. Yeah. Uh, using the I feel phrases is important. Mm-hmm. I feel rather than being accusatory toward the other person. Yeah. Because you can't argue a person's feelings. Exactly. They are what they are. Yeah. Although it's weird. I I heard from a couple the other day, we were talking about using I feel. And she said, well, sometimes I will tell my husband, this is how I feel. And he'll just very callously go, well, I can't help how you feel. Yeah, Which is another way of saying you shouldn't feel that way. (laughs) Exactly. But it's really a way of saying, I don't care about how you feel. That's right. I'm indifferent to it. (laughs) Ask your partner what he or she feels is hitting below the belt. So you calling me your father's name in the early years of our marriage, that was below the belt. That was below the belt. Any kind of character assassinations, name calling, labeling, evaluating, all that kind of stuff, if you take those things out of the equation, Mm -hmm. might really ramp down some of the, again, this is getting into the behavior part of the conflict. Right, right. And, you know, just, you know, I think too, Brett, and I know we've shared this on the show before, but the fact that when you and I used to have really big knockdown dragouts and you would sort of shake your head when you were leaving the room. And I finally had to tell you like that, what that communicates to me is that I'm too much to deal with. Mm -hmm. And once you got that about me, 
you haven't shaken your head in years. I didn't even know what I was doing. I know. That's so right. that's what I mean. And again, it these took convers- a few rounds of don't shake that head. <laughs> these are conversations, again, that are better outside of the heat of the moment mm-hmm. when you can both kind of talk about a little bit. Agreed. And then just things like turning a complaint into a request. So, you know, I think so much of the time we complain to our mm-hmm. partner rather than just asking them what for what we need. And usually with a lot of sarcasm or hostility or bitterness or, or some body language. It's like, oh, right, you know, right. But so just little things like that. Like, I know it sounds like these are just little maybe two degree little shifts. But I think if both partners are practicing this kind of thing, I think it changes the spirit of, you know, we're not out to get each other now. Mm-hmm. We're out to actually figure it out. Right. Which is a different mindset, I think. I think so. You know, behave in a way that means you won't have to come back and apologize for how you behaved. Mm -hmm. That part two of the conflict, the behavior. And then lastly, I think it's helpful to learn how to tailor your apology to your partner's needs. There's a great book by Gary Chapman out called The Five Languages of Apology. And before I knew this, I didn't know there was any other way to say I'm sorry other than I'm sorry, Mm -hmm. you know, but people like to hear apologies in different ways. Mm-hmm. And I think we've unpacked those before on a on an episode. But if you don't know what those are, look that up online, because there are some really different ways. And if your partner likes to hear something like, I'm really going to try not to do that anymore. Mm-hmm. That that may be a reassuring apology for someone that maybe a different person doesn't need to hear that. But yeah, what, you look like you're going to say something. I was just going to say, I like to hear you apologize in a sexy Latin accent. A Latin accent. <laughs> <laughs> I was going to try to do it right now, and but, I am but, going to forgo that. Yeah, I wouldn't. <laughs> <laughs> well, this was a short episode, but I think it's good good content. Don't yeah, you? it's great. Okay, good. <laughs> well, if you would like to contact us, you can find us at marriagetothemax.org. Also, follow us on Facebook, Instagram, and Twitter. And I'd like to give a special thank you to Podcast Rocket for producing this episode. Well, thanks for listening today. And until next time, remember, healthy marriage, healthy world. God bless y'all.